right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, man, it's such an honor and a privilege to uh, share with you this morning. Um, I'm going to talk to you about something that the Lord has been speaking to me about um, in the last probably three to four years. Um, so it's something I myself have been meditating on and mulling over um, and actually sort of actively putting into practice uh, when I pray, uh, when I speak, when I declare. Um, it's also something I'm continuing to learn in myself. So um, so prepare yourself this morning because I did go to the Lord Jesus Christ and I invited him to come and hear me preach for the first time. So if you sense an extremely holy presence, it is, it is because of that. Um, and I know that God the Father will be watching the live stream from the throne room. Um, I always think of a large high-resolution screen in the heavenlies uh, where he'll be watching what I speak for him today. So, um, And I'm thankful that his spirit is here within each of us this morning. So um, I'm just going to do a quick prayer to open. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence here with us this morning. Lord, we just honor you. It's such a privilege to live our lives for you. It's amazing to have relationship with you. We just pray that your will would be done in this place this morning, in our hearts, in our lives. Uh, Lord, we just honor you as, as our Savior and our Lord. So we thank you for being here, Lord Jesus. Right. How many times will we speak the name of Jesus in our lifetime? Think about how often you speak his name. Do you speak it every single day? Say you get saved when you're, or become a Christian when you're 30 years old or in your 20s, and you live to 90, that's 60 years of being a Christian and a follower and a believer of Jesus, and say you pray once every day, just once as a minimum, and you speak his name at the end of your prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That means that you will have spoken his name 21,900 times in your lifetime minimum. Now, my thought this morning is for the amount of times that we speak his name, how often do we actually pause and recognize the real power that we have access to when we use and speak his name? Um, I believe that the key to our prayers and the things we declare um, being effective is by gaining just fresh encouragement, um, fresh revelation, and an understanding of where the real power comes from. Uh, when we speak his name. So I guess my message this morning is just uh, hopefully an encouragement to you. I hope it stirs your faith um, and just gives you a fresh um, understanding of when you pray and when you speak his name. So my first point um, this morning is to know whose authority you speak in when you pray, uh, which is the power of asking and praying in Jesus's name. Uh, we need to become more aware of the real power of praying in his name. Now, Jesus actually emphasizes this twice um, in John chapter 14. He says, ask in my name, ask anything in my name. Uh, so verse 12 of John 14 is the words of Jesus. Now, this is um, pre-crucifixion. So this is him talking to his disciples before he went to the cross. And he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Often for myself, I guess this is why the Lord's been talking to me about it, is we can take his name so lightly sometimes. Um, even saying it just as sort of a daily religious ritual at the end of our prayers or we just use it as an afterthought and we can emphasize the prayer and the declaration um, and not actually put the emphasis on him whose power we are speaking in um, and whose name makes our prayers and our declarations effective. Uh, Jesus' words again in Mark chapter 16. So now this is Jesus speaking to his disciples after he's gone to the cross. So now he's uh, been resurrected and he's appeared to them and he says, um, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name. They will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. So when we pray, or when we speak, or when we declare things in his name, I've come to this, um, this place where I actually stop and actively uh, set my heart and my mind and my spirit on him whose authority I'm speaking in. Jesus is so holy and he's so worthy of our reverence. Um, and we, we, all of us, have been trusted with the power of his name. If you actually think about that, it is, it's amazing. Um, so my second point is, and it's a little bit of a play on words, a creative sort of uh, thing, about the name of Jesus is the authority of his signature. Um, so I was praying one day, and where this message came from was that the Lord very clearly gave me an illustration of who I work for, and that it's I work for him. Um, and he also gave me a reminder of whose authority I was speaking in when I pray. So I've worked for quite a few different bosses over the years, um, in different jobs, and quite often um, I'm in a position where I'm an assistant or I'm working directly underneath a manager or a CEO or the owner of a company um, or pastors. Um, and because of the position that I am in, um, quite often I would write up documents or I would make brochures in the manager's name for the company. Um, and I was also trusted with the manager's signature and so I would make a document, I would send it out, and the recipient who got the letter would then open it, and it would be seen as coming from the manager and the company, even though I had put the letter together. So the Lord um, said to me that when I pray in his name, it's actually quite similar, in that I'm using his signature at the end of my prayers. So when we pray and speak a, de a declaration, we actually sign it with Jesus' signature, um, our boss and our Lord, for his company, the kingdom. We use his name to end our prayers, which means when we release what we speak, we are releasing it in the authority that his name brings. goes out as a letter from the kingdom of heaven, signed by Jesus the boss. Um, so when I, when I pray or I speak or I uh, declare something now, I actually actively align my heart and my mind to think that way. Um, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, this is um, the Great Commission, Jesus' words again. Uh, then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 1, this is uh, the Apostle Paul, halfway through verse 20, um, he's saying, God seated him, Jesus, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Philippians 2 verse 9, again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now my thought this morning is because he has been given all authority and is far above all power, all dominion, every principality, when we pray in his name with his signature, our prayers, our declarations are spoken in authority that is far above all power, all dominion, every principality. But it only works in connection to him, in relationship and intimacy with him, in growing relationship with him. In relationship with him, we represent him and his kingdom on this earth. There was a, um, a company I worked for in Auckland for a few years, and I was the only Christian on staff. Um, everybody there knew that I was a Christian. Everyone knew that I had grown up in church, um, that I went to church on the weekends, and they were amazing people, really, really nice people, lovely um, But of course, they would swear and, and say inappropriate things uh, around me sometimes, um, as, as some people do. And anyway, one day I, I used to work upstairs in the office um, and downstairs we had like a distribution um, warehouse. So I was taking some paperwork downstairs one day and the manager of the warehouse, um, now he would have been in his mid-60s maybe, he had grandchildren, um, he came up to me and he said, you go to church, you know about Jesus, my neighbor has just become a Christian and he's just started going to church and he keeps going on and on and on about tongues, something about this tongues thing, the Holy Spirit tongues. Do you know much about that? I was quite um, surprised that he'd been so open with me and he'd just sort of come up and started talking to me about it. Sincerely, he was sincerely asking me. Um, and because he knew that I was a Christian, I was able to give him the truth and he was able to receive the truth. Um, now, I've had this, this happen quite a few times in different places where people have actually approached me and asked me things about the Lord because they knew that I was a Christian. I've had people asking me about purity, people asking me about the Holy Spirit. These are non-Christians in non-Christian environments um, who have yet to meet Jesus. So in relationship with Jesus, we represent his name and we represent his kingdom wherever we go. There's an example in scripture of where people tried to use Jesus' name uh, without having a relationship with him, just to gain power, just to gain prominence. Um, It's found in the book of Acts, 
um, and it's a story about the seven sons of Sceva. That's quite a tongue twister. I had to practice that. Seven sons of Sceva, <laughs> um, who was a Jewish chief priest. Now, these were his sons, and they were trying to copy the Apostle Paul, basically. Um, so in Acts chapter 19, verse 13, but also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I order you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, doing this. But the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was pounced on them, subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Uh, in the NIV, it says, the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. And you notice that uh, the name of Jesus was held in honor, not Paul, in this situation. Uh, and my third point this morning, this morning, or my reminder for you, is that he has given us his authority. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Uh, and in Luke chapter 9, again, this is the same uh, scenario, just different gospel. Jesus called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, before Jesus imparted his, his authority to them, Jesus was the one who was laying hands on people, healing the sick, casting out demons, curing diseases. It was after Jesus gave the apostles authority that they were then sent out to proclaim the kingdom with his power to perform miracles. They were sent out of relationship and intimacy with him, trusted to use his power and authority, representing him in his name. Uh, it wasn't all sort of roses and chocolates, though. They did come up against opposition and intimidation uh, that tried to silence them from using his name. A number of times in Scripture, the Jewish leaders, um, or the Sanhedrin, who were the Jewish ruling council at the time, um, they had the apostles arrested for speaking in Jesus' name. Um, so one example of this is uh, Acts chapter 3. Um, Peter and John had just healed a lame man, so a man that had been lame from birth, and we all know the story. It's it's where they go up to the temple gate. So this man had used to sit at the temple gate to the temple courts where everyone would go and pray. And Peter and John went up and they said, we don't have any money to give you, um, but we'll give you what we do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And scripture talks about how strength entered his ankles and his feet. And he went out praising the Lord so this is um, what has just happened in Acts chapter 3. Now, Acts chapter 4, um, the religious leaders couldn't deny that this man had been healed because he was standing in front of them, and they'd seen him every day at the temple gate. So in um, verse 7 of chapter 4, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power 
and what name did you do this? Um, And down in verse 18, later in the same chapter, they called them in and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now, the Sanhedrin were afraid of losing their power over the people. Um, And so they were using intimidation and threat to try and silence them, the apostles, from using Jesus' name. But the apostles knew whose authority they spoke in. They knew who they represented, who they were witnesses for, and they knew the power and authority of speaking in his name. Um, So if you read through that chapter, actually, Peter's response is, um, are we supposed to listen to God or are we supposed to listen to you? Um, So anyway, I was driving home about a week ago and I pulled up to a set of lights. Um, There were multiple lanes, multiple cars lined up and we're all sitting there and then next minute a, a gang member drives up on his bike his motorbike, had his patch jacket on, um, revved his engine, and the Holy Spirit pointed him out to me as soon as he had pulled up. Um, and as soon as I looked at him, I could feel the atmosphere around me shift. And everybody else in the cars around me could feel it as well. It, was a, it, it might have been a spirit of fear, intimidation, um, or control. But the Holy Spirit pointed it out to me because he wanted to show me what I was wearing also. We wear robes of righteousness in Christ, right? We walk in his authority, speaking with his signature. So when we turn up somewhere, we also have the spiritual authority to shift an atmosphere. Um, Anyway, I was sitting there and I was pondering this and the Holy Spirit said to me, now watch this. And again, I felt the atmosphere shift. And it was like the power and the authority coming from him shifted And the power and the authority of Jesus was coming out of me. And peace descended around the situation. Now, it might not have been a visible sign, such as a patched jacket, but I could feel it and sense it in the spiritual realm. So we need to remember who we represent and not be intimidated by other forms of authority and power that try to silence us or or take the authority. So the Holy Spirit was reminding me that Jesus' spirit is within me. And that I, we represent Jesus' name. Is it any wonder that the world uses Jesus' name to curse, right, as a swear word? Because it is so powerful. His name is what releases authority for healings, miracles, breakthroughs, signs, and wonders. So I just, I want to encourage you this morning with a fresh revelation of where the power comes from when we pray, when we speak his name. Um, there's no other name like it. So when I began this message, I mentioned that if you were saved for 60 years of your life and you prayed once every day, 365 days, you would speak Jesus' name 21,900 times as a minimum, right, as a follower of Jesus. Now, having a fresh reminder of whose authority we walk in, what if we challenged ourselves to speak his name just once, once a day in the hearing of somebody else, somebody unsaved. That would be 21,900 opportunities to speak his name in the hearing of others, which is a huge privilege, right, to live for Jesus like that on the earth. Uh, If I could have the musicians, please. Thank you. Uh, In a moment, we are 
going to put this into practice <laughs> um, and we're going to pray for each other and for those who need miracles this morning. Um, but when we do, I just encourage you, just, just before you speak his name, just pause and, and acknowledge him. Acknowledge where the power is coming from, who the glory belongs to, and also the authority that we each have access to through relationship with him that it's his power that will break through, that will bring miracles in people's lives, that will bring healings. Um, sign your prayer with your boss's signature <laughs> and know whose authority you're speaking in.